This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Galatians. The, the book of Galatians in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 is where we're going. And I just want to have a little fun with you this month. It's going to be a pretty heavy series. So I'm going to do my best to keep it fun and engaging. Uh, but the Word of God is going to stretch you this, this month, okay? And we're starting out strong because this morning is our first week of freedom. Everyone say freedom. It's our first Sunday of this new series called Freedom, and my subtopic today is make the right choice. Make the right choice. Galatians 5, verse 13 through 15, will be our text for the whole series. So pretty much every Sunday, you're going to hear this scripture read, and I want you to, to just open up your heart and your mind and Let's gain from the word of the Lord this morning. Reading from the message, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. God's called you, everybody, to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. God has called you to a free life. Some of you are familiar with, uh, with this statement from King James Scripture. Don't frustrate the grace of God. Don't, don't abuse the freedom that God has called you to. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's Word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. Because in no time at all, you're going to be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? Everybody say freedom. And today's first week is make the right choice. There's a little something that my family of four, we do to pass the time. Whether it's we're just bored on a, just sitting around home, or we could be on the way to school in the mornings. I have the wonderful opportunity to take my girls to school every day, and I'm, I'm grateful for that time that I can do that. But then there's also road trips that we do this on road trips. It's a little something that I just, I, I just started it when we first had our, our oldest daughter, and, and we did this even before our second daughter came along, and now we're doing it as a family of four. It's a little game that I just kind of made up, and... Uh, I know there's different varieties of this, but it's called, what do you like better? That's what we do. I say, I say what do you like better? And I just kind of throw something out there as a comparison. And I'll say, what do you like better, hamburgers or hot dogs? And everybody will answer. And then another person will chime in. Well, what do you like better, sunshine or rain? And we'll all chime in. It's just something to pass time. It's kind of fun and silly. So, I want to have a little fun with you, okay? And I want everybody to get ready to respond. And we're going somewhere with this. So, don't, you know, someone, someone took a shot at me the other day and said, you know, that guy, I like him and everything, but he's just too funny. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, so, if this is too fun for you, there's plenty of other churches that you can 
not have fun. So uh, I just think Jesus is kind of fun. So we'll, 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 be, we'll be hitting people with sticks next week. So we'll see you next week, okay? So here you go, everybody, just for a little fun, a little starter. What do you like better, Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper? What do you like better? Okay, I can't understand that. All the Coca-Cola people, where you at? All right, where's all the Dr. Pepper people? Holy moly. Some of you had three of them already today. Y'all have, our our poor worship team led this huge worship service, and you were like, I said Dr. Pepper, and you're like, yeah. Y'all think it's like the Savior or something. All right, here's one for you. And, and this is male and female here, so don't get, don't get caught off guard with just the images here. But what do you like better, boots or shoes? All the boot people, where you at? Oh, you're lonely in this room. Where's all the shoe people? Yeah. Yeah, I was recently on a flight, and... Um, this, this, this cat next to me had these Birkenstock sandals on. And if you know me at all, I'm a little weird about feet. And, I, you know, I don't know where it got started, but every now and then people, people that go to church, they, they think it's appropriate to take their shoes off. Well, I'm known around here. I'll just flat walk up to and say, put shoes on. That's not right. I don't like that. It's weird. Put shoes on. And we've, I've, I've even walked in on music practice, and there'll be someone up here singing barefoot, and I'm like, you're, you're no longer welcome. You've got to put shoes on. I don't care how talented you are. Your feet are nasty. Put some shoes on. So I'm on this flight with this dude. He's got these Birkenstock sandals on. He's sitting right next to me. And, and we, 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 out of nowhere, he takes the sandal off. And I am this close saying, put your sandal on. I'm going to knock you out. He's this, and, and he takes his foot. And he puts his foot up. And I'm like, I, you're going to be an amputee before this flight's over. You better put your shoes on. So all the shoes people, where you at one more time? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, shoe people. All right, here's the last one just for fun. And that is, what do you like better? Summertime or winter? I told you, I can't understand that. All the summer people, where you at? All the winter people, where you at? That's the same boot people or the same winter people. Kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. So this is, this is just to kind of get you thinking here because you, you, you do have an opinion. You have a, a choice. And, and I want you to see this part one. Make the right choice. You choose what you drink. You, you, you choose what you wear. You, you choose your favorite seasons based upon your opinions and experiences. Now, we're fixing to get real serious, and we're getting serious real quick. The, holy reason, the only reason I had you laughing like this is because I'm about to knock you out. You ready? What do you like better? And don't, don't answer because we're getting real serious real quick. What do you like better, slavery or freedom? Because at the end of the day, you get to choose. Jesus Christ has given you a clean slate, man. Because of what he's done on the cross, you've got the choice. B.C., before Christ, the choice was made for you. It was made in the Garden of Eden. 
And you didn't have a choice. You were a slave to sin. Sin called the shots. Flesh drove the bus, as they say. But because of what Jesus has done on the cross, you now literally, you get to choose, are you going to remain a slave to your carnal flesh, your sinful nature? Or are you going to live the life of freedom? Because you've been called by the grace of Christ to live free. But based on who you're running with, based on what you're taking in, based on your environment that you continually place yourself in, you might possibly could be making the choice of slavery. Now watch this. Once again to the book of Galatians. But we're going to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verse number 6. I am astonished, Paul says. I am blown away. My, I can't make sense of this. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, some of you might want to ask what what I would lean to ask. Is there really another gospel? Well, there's not another true salvation gospel. We know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way into heaven is by believing on the Son of God and, and his payment of your sin. But believe it or not, there are other mindsets. There are other philosophies. There are other approaches to this truth. Matter of fact, I'm going to even go a little hardcore. There are some false doctrines. There are some belief systems that did not come from the Word of God. They came from men. And oftentimes, even with the right motives just from ignorance. And what they've done is they have frustrated this beautiful understanding of God's grace. They've twisted it. You know how and why? It's because they've become too smart for their own good. To the point where they understand religion and they have forgotten that it's really based on relationship with Jesus. And, the, and, and I want everyone to know the reason I'm preaching the way I'm preaching. I'm not preaching against anyone or any, any group of any nature. What I'm trying to do is move the 1, the 2, the 10, the 30, the 50 that are in this service out of the frustrating process of trying to get good enough to ever get God. I want to move you to the freedom of getting God to get good. Because I know that there's been a lot of things passed down generationally. There's been a lot of grandma apple pie discussion at Thanksgiving table that you need to straighten up, buddy. And that messes with you when you're 12 and you start thinking, will I ever not mess up? Will I ever get to the point where I'm good enough to get God? I got news for you. Left in and of itself on your own, you'll never be good enough to get God. That's why you have to understand the fact that Jesus Christ paid it all for you. 
You're one simple act of faith away from having everything established in your life, a godly experience. Now, I want to take you all the way back to the book of Genesis. What I'm fixing to share with you is life-changing, and I hope you open up your heart and and your mind and, and be willing to receive it. To the book of Genesis, chapter number two. The first time I ever saw this was through my friend that serves here at our church. His name is Dustin. Pastor Dustin Watts has incorporated this into our growth track, of which I'll always be grateful This is the first time I've ever preached about it publicly, and it's just dynamic. To the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse number 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye, and they were also good for food. Now in the middle of the garden... Were the tree of life. Everyone say the tree of life. And then also in the garden was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we have two distinct trees represented in scripture. Going further into verse 16. And the Lord commanded the man. You are free to eat. Notice the words. You're free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because when you eat of it, you'll surely die. Now, Genesis 3, verse 1 through 7. Now, the serpent was more crafty. He was crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Well, first of all, that's not what he said. God never said you can't eat from any tree in the garden. He said you can eat from any tree in the garden. Just don't eat from. But the crafty, slick, sly serpent twists the words, manipulates the environment, and he says, did God really? Notice the tone, the cynical, uh, the cynical sarcastic tone. Did God, did God really say That you can't eat from any tree in the garden. And the woman, Eve, as we know her, she was on her A-game. She was sharp like a razor blade. She said, no, no, that's not what he said. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. God just said you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you'll die. And and here he comes again. He he jumps in. He says, you surely will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes are going to be opened. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Notice to our flesh, okay? Everybody in the room, pay attention. It's critical. Notice to our flesh that these things seem really positive, Number one, our eyes will be opened. I mean, who doesn't want to understand things more? Who doesn't want some wisdom and understanding? So that sounds attractive. You'll be like God. Now, let's face it. If you're you're not in a moment of, 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 of sobriety in your mind away from pride, if you're not in a humble place, 
your, your flesh would want to be like God. That's just natural, everybody in the room. So, and then it says, knowing good and evil. I mean, you talk about awesome. Wouldn't that be great? And he broke, he broke her down. He, 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 he talked slick and sly long enough that she, she gave in. Now, I'm going to do a little pastoring right now. It matters who you listen to. I should have had a better amen than that. It matters what you look at. It matters what you read. It matters what you watch. It matters what you like and heart. It matters what you retweet. It matters what you're taking in your eye gate, your ear gate. It matters, it matters, it matters. Why does it matter so much? Why does it matter? Because whatever you're your intake is, that's what's going to influence your thoughts. And it's your thoughts that are going to ultimately dictate your choices. You think on something long enough, you're going to choose it. And what you choose, your choices accumulate over time to become a behavior. No one in this room, you're... The, you are who you are because of the, the, the choices you've been making for your 20 years, your 40 years, your 8 years, however long you, you, you've been making some choices that have added up to being wherever you are right now. If you're broke, you've been choosing to spend too much money. If you got money in the bank, you've been choosing to save some of it. If you waddle, oh, I'm preaching. It's because you've been choosing blizzards too much. If you all slick and trim and mean and lean, it's because you've been going to Camp Gladiator at 4.45 in the morning. Don't be telling me it's your thyroid. It's your blizzard. I'll get a text on that one. You need more sensitivity. I do have, I get it. I got that thyroid problem. <laughs> we all got that thyroid problem. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Yeah. So don't be texting me. Your choices stem from your thoughts. And your thoughts are connected. They're rooted in your intake. And Eve put herself in conversations with someone she never should have been having conversations with that went too long and they became too intimate. You can't afford to have too intimate of conversations with the people that want to see you fail. You give yourself over to intimacy of the mind and intimacy of your emotions. No, he didn't. You're not going to die. It's not going to hurt you. It won't affect you. It's not going to affect your marriage. It's not going to affect your finances. It's not going to, oh, no, no, that's not what it really meant. And the next thing you know, you start justifying, you start compromising, and, then the, and, and what you have is the fallout of the Garden of Eden. They had the tree of life. 
They could have eaten from it. It would have produced utopia. They had the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They ate of it, and it produced the fall. And every single one of us in this room will partake of fruit every day. And we have to make the choice. Will we eat of the fruit that produces slavery? That we have a master over our, 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 our current and our future life's health? Or will we eat from the, the tree of life that produces the blessings of God? And the choice is ours. Now let me give you a few distinct differences of the trees. One, the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One, it focuses on what you do and the other focuses on what Jesus has done. Some of us, you, you've, 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 you've been eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it makes you it makes you think you're going to be like God, and it's going to make you think that you're going to gain wisdom, and it's going to make you think that 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 you're going to arrive, so to speak, based on your production, on your goodness, on your your abilities, on your skills, only to be left heartbroken and disappointed because you realize you never quite can measure up. But the other tree, the tree of life, focuses on what Jesus has done, and it takes the pressure off of you. Everybody do this posture for me. Everybody kind of weigh down. Get the weight of the world on you real quick. Come on, everybody in the room. I know some of you are like, well, I, I do that already, but go ahead and do it for me. Just, just get the heaviness on you. Now everybody just kind of get free from that. That's the difference in freedom and slavery. If you try to live for God based on your own abilities, you're going to feel like this every day. Oh, God, there I went again. I done cussed. Oh, Lord, there I went again. I done had a bad thought. Oh, Lord, I done had a hot moment. I done lost my temper. Oh, Lord, I just did this. And you're going to spend every day kicking yourself in the backside because of the reminder that you need a Savior. The reminder that you need a Savior is not to kick you in the backside. It's to push you to Jesus. But the life of freedom, of knowing that Jesus has settled it at the cross, it allows you to sing songs in church, clap your hands in church. It allows you to feel the love of God. Here's the second difference between these trees. One focuses on getting God's approval. And the other focuses on receiving God's love. I don't want you to raise your hand, but have you ever tried to work yourself silly getting somebody to approve of you? I have. I have. I know you have. Wouldn't it be a wonderful life just to be able to receive someone's love without trying to work for it? Well, guess what, everybody? This is not available in humanity's exchange, but it is available in God's exchange with humanity. You don't have to try to work for God's approval. He's approved of what Jesus has done. And you get the benefit of it. All you have to do is receive God's love. Well, how do I do that? By faith. 
Well, what is faith? Something that you were born with. Well, how much of it? A measure. Well, how much is that? Enough. Enough for who? For you. Just believe that God receives you as his own. And all of a sudden, your posture changes, your countenance changes, and you just, you're able to live in the tree of life. How about this one real quick, everybody? One focuses on external duty, while other focuses on internal desire. You don't have to, you get to. Someone just asked me this week, do you have to preach Sunday? And I was a little cheesy and corny. I said, no, brother, I get to. And he said, well, I know that. And I said, no, you don't. I get to. Do you have to give in your tithing? No, I get to. Do you have to sing those songs when you go to that church? No, I get to. I just put it on mute. Do you have to stay faithful to your wife? Yes. Because she'll kill me if I don't. But actually, I get to. Do you have to be faithful to God? No, I get to. I get to. Watch this, everybody. This is so good. If you love me, John 14 and 15, if you love me, comma, you will obey what I command. I've, I spent so many years of my life reading that. If you love me, you'll obey my command. I love you. I love you, God. I love you. I'm sorry for all that stuff I've done. I'm sorry for everything I've done. I, I love you, Lord. I love you. I promise I love you. I'll obey. I'll obey. And then I don't obey. Right, give me another chance, God. Give me another chance. Read it this way. If you love me, you'll obey my command. Same sentence, same scripture, different interpretation. I don't, I don't have to love God. I get to love God. And I don't have to obey his word. I get to obey his word. Why? Because that other tree is going to bring death to my life. I, I get to eat of the tree that's going to bring life to my life. I get to, man, I'm free to choose. So, while I was preaching in the 8.30, don't worry, I'm not texting in church. While I was preaching in the, in the earlier service, um, after it was all over, someone sent me a, a repost on social media. Did you know, did you know that you are free? That you can, that, that, that you're free to choose bondage? If you didn't have the option of bondage, you wouldn't actually be free. Without the contrast, what would you be choosing between? So be brave and rise. Choose freedom. You're not stuck in bondage. I don't have to. I get to be free. Now, let me give you real quick ways to live in the tree of life. You ready for this? It's in your notes if you want to look at them. Here's ways you live in the tree of life. Number one. Fall in love with Jesus. Don't fall in love with a church. 
churches hurt people sometimes. I don't think there's ever been an intention to do it. But churches, it, it is what it is. The reason it happens because there's a bunch of people in it. And a bunch of people, it gets weird. We do our best to live by this model here at Calvary, that we don't do drama, we don't do problems. I try my best to keep that at the forefront. If you love small church drama, you're not going to make it here because we really don't give ourselves over to it. We just want to love God and love each other. We try not to have politics in our church. We try, we try but we all know churches, churches oftentimes hurt people. And don't fall in love with a preacher because preachers get attitudes sometimes. We don't, we don't think sometimes. We say things we don't mean sometimes. Preachers are human. I put my shoes on just the way you, shoes, not boots. I put my shoes on just like you did. And when I do wear my boots, I pull them straps up just like you do. I'm human. I'm human. My marriage goes through what yours does. My kids do what yours do. So don't, don't hold them more special than your kids. I'm no different than you. I'm human. Don't fall in love with a church or a preacher. Fall in love with Jesus. Because churches and preachers and people will hurt you. But Jesus, he's good all the time. And if you, if you eat from the tree of life, you're eating from Jesus. You're eating from, you're eating from freedom. You're eating from grace. So fall in love with Jesus. Secondly, here you go real quick. Don't allow condemnation. Does anybody know the difference in condemnation and conviction? Let me kind of tell you a quick story. I was in fourth grade, and I was staying over the night with a buddy of mine named Andy. And I was not allowed as a kid to go to the movies. I wasn't allowed to go to the movies. It was against the, the rules. Because if you went to the movies, you'd go to hell. Hell. You'd go to hell right to the Murderers have a chance. Go to the movie? No chance. So I stayed the night with my buddy Andy. And Andy's mom, Miss Marie, she said, Hey, do y'all want to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> yes. We went to that one little silver screen outfit in my little hometown. And when it was over, I walked out and there was my mama's big, long, brown Park Avenue. But old prideful, I hit old Andy with one of these. I'll catch you later, bro. My mom's here. I got in the car and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she said, don't worry about it. You have an appointment. We have to go. I have an appointment with the pastor and I was driven to the pastor and I walked in scared to death the pastor said sit down oh God going to hell over Raiders of the Lost Ark and I sat down and he said, where's your mom? I said, she's out in the car. Oh, she's out in the car? I said, yeah. Tell me about the movie. <laughs> and I said, for real? He goes, yeah. And he slides a candy jar over, and I got a piece of butterscotch. And I said, oh, Pastor. It was, and we went through the whole movie. And he hugged me. He rubbed my hair, and he said, I tell you, Mama, we talked. I, said, I got you. I got you. 
I got in that car. She goes, well, and I said, we talked. I felt so much condemnation, but I didn't feel any conviction until my pastor did say, now you know your mama would not approve. He never talked about the movie, but he did talk to me about disobedience. And that didn't bring any condemnation. It brought conviction that there is a point of making the right choice. Don't let condemnation in your heart. That doesn't come from the tree of life. But just know when you eat from the tree of life, there is a fruit of conviction. It's part of the Holy Spirit's work that says, it does not say what condemnation is. Condemnation said, you a little rat, you down dirty scoundrel. But conviction says, hey, that wasn't good. There's a better way. Let's do it a different way next time. And then my last point, I want you to stand. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, my last point. If you want to live out of the tree of life, hey, everybody, this applies to you. Everybody say, to me? Yeah, to you. Make the choice every day. Because you're going to eat fruit every day. You're going to eat every day. What are you going to eat from? Life-giving or death? Deuteronomy 30, 19, This day I call heaven and earth as a witness against you that I've set before you life and death. I've set before you blessings and curses. Choose life. You can choose freedom because he that the Son has set free. You're free, everybody. You don't have to choose to go into bondage, slavery, sin. Choose freedom in Jesus Christ. Let's clap our hands, everybody. Come on and sing that song, please.